We're going to get started in just a minute. But before we do, I want to talk to you about Anchor by Spotify. It is the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. This is what I use for my podcast, and it is fantastic. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to the March or Die show. Glad to have you with me today, and I appreciate you joining me wherever it is you happen to be joining from. For those of you that may be listening on the radio, thank you for doing that. Take some time, if you would, later on after the show. Take take some time and go over to YouTube. You can find my YouTube channel there. Just search for Jeremy Stallnecker, my name, and you can subscribe. Hit the notification bell. This video will be there. The video of this conversation will be there as well as other content that I have the opportunity to place there. And I hope that will be a help to you. Take some time to do that. Please, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, thank you for doing that. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast platform that you're listening from so that you know when this comes online. And I would encourage you as well, take some time to go over to YouTube and uh, find the other content that's there. That would be fantastic. Appreciate you joining me. For those that are interested, I like to start the show this way because I want you to get the information right up front. For those of you that are interested, you can find out more about me at uh, really my blog, I guess. it's I don't know the difference between a blog and a website. I'm sure someone out there does. I'm sure it's very technical, something I wouldn't, wouldn't understand. But you can go to the place where I post things that I write as well as all of the other stuff that is about me. My social uh, links are there. This podcast is there. Other information is there. Go to jeremystallnecker.com, jeremystallnecker.com, and uh, you can find all of that there. And uh, I would appreciate it if you would do that. If this video or audio uh, recording this podcast is a help to you. Take some time and go ahead and share that out with someone that may need it. And I think that would be fantastic. This is, of course, the March or Die show. This is the show where we talk about how to move forward when it seems like everything in your life is falling apart. How do I move forward when it seems like everything in my life is falling apart? I was thinking about this uh, earlier this week that so much of this conversation, the March or Die conversation, and this podcast, of course, for those of you that have been listening, you know that I wrote a book entitled March or Die that talks about my time with the 1st Battalion, 5th Marines in Iraq in 2003, and really the genesis of the March or Die story, and many of these principles comes from an event that took place there. And I was thinking about this and and really what we talk about every week. So much of life is about perspective. Uh, I could say when things are out of control or when you hit an obstacle, when life is overwhelming, you just need to try harder or do better (laughs) or uh, put one foot in front of the other, which I often do say. And all of those things are true. but, But sometimes 
in the middle of what we're dealing with, what we really need is a new perspective, a different perspective, perhaps uh, just a different vantage point, another way of looking at what's happening in our lives. And that's what I hope to give to you. I, I wish I could solve every problem that you will, you will face. I wish I could solve every problem that I will face or that my kids will face with just one conversation. And it seems like it would be that easy. When you deal with difficulties, this is what you need to do. And really, it's just not that easy. We understand that. So we come back together every week to gain a new perspective, to look at things a little bit differently, maybe uh, get a different vantage point, and hopefully uh, all of that can be a help to you. That's my goal as we have these conversations every single week. Now, often I'll have a guest on, and uh, I love to interview guests. We've got some great ones coming up. Really looking forward to some of the guests that we'll be talking to in the next several weeks. But today I wanted to just spend a few minutes discussing what I believe is fundamental, it's foundational, if we as people are going to be able to move forward when life becomes difficult. I'll give you kind of the principle up front, and then we'll talk about it, we'll unpack it a little bit. But here's the principle. When you're moving through your life, and particularly when you hit an obstacle, and again, obstacle can be anything. It may just be an anomaly, some strange thing that's happened, and it pops up in front of you. It's very odd. You have to deal with it, but you can move on. That may be the obstacle. The obstacle may be much bigger than that. It could be a very real trauma, a very real trial, perhaps some kind of a relationship issue, maybe something with your children that's going on, a health thing, a financial reversal. That obstacle could be a lot of different things, and you know what it is for you. And when we hit those obstacles, we need to understand that simply getting past this moment, simply overcoming whatever it is that's in front of us or surviving it is not actually the goal. There is a goal, and it's off in the distance. It's in the future. It's something that we may not ever actually even get to. So when we're in the middle of these difficult situations and circumstances, what we have to do is focus not on overcoming, not on achieving, not on some definition of success. What we need to focus on is the process. We must focus on the process. That's the principle that we're going to talk about for a few minutes today. And I want to explain this. And, um, man, if there was a uh, some kind of a, a metric <laughs> that determined whether or not a talk or a concept was super motivating, this would score very low. Focus on the process. Focus on the process. If you were hurting, and maybe you are hurting, if uh, you're dealing with something very difficult and something overwhelming, what you want may be a speech that goes something like, you need to try harder and get up and you can do it and you can overcome and, and whatever. Some motivation. And this is not that. I fear that so many people are looking for motivation. They're living in the world of motivation. They're asking to be motivated. And motivation, if it's not used as a tool to propel us forward, is something that comes and goes. It's fleeting. I like watching motivating videos. I like learning about motivating people and hearing motivating stories. And sometimes these things are what's needed to get me going. But the emotion that comes with those, it quickly passes. Motivation, it, it touches the emotional part of us. 
The problem is when we are overwhelmed and fatigued, when we look around and wonder if there are any friends left to provide support, when we're unsure about what the future holds, that emotional motivation can quickly go away. One of the remedies, and this is something that I have to come back to again and again in my life, one of the remedies for diminishing motivation is having a process in place that you are committed to regardless of what happens in your life. There is a process. I will follow the process. I will pursue the process. And I hope that things go well along the way. That will make it easier to pursue the process. But whatever external thing interjects itself does not change the fact that I am committed to the process. I'll use an example that's real to me, and not everyone can relate to this, but maybe you can get the gist of it. Uh, I've been running for a lot of years. Uh, I've I've talked about this a little bit. I've run since I was young, since I was a kid. Um, I think fourth grade was the first track meet that I ever participated in. Uh, I often joke that uh, I won that track meet because the girl who actually finished before me (laughs) was – Number one, a girl, and number two, a year younger than me. So I was beat by a girl who was a year younger than me, but she was in a different category, which means I got the blue ribbon. So I won that track meet, uh, went then to the regional track meet, and uh, really found out quickly that I was not as talented as I thought. I not only did not come in first, but I came in way last. Now there's last, and then there's way last. Uh, What that means is not only did I finish in last place, But the last place finisher right before me (laughs) uh, stopped, took off his shoes, sat down, and waited for me to get done. That's how bad it was. I finished way last. Uh, That was a sprint. That was a 440-meter, I guess, one time around the track sprint. From that time forward, I didn't do a lot of sprinting, but I've always done uh, kind of middle-distance running, whether it was in sports or for the Marine Corps as I was in the military later on. Uh, through my life just to stay fit. Uh, Always been a runner. Uh, In the last uh, year or so, I've taken on some longer distances. I've gotten involved a little bit in uh, what is classified as ultra running. There's the marathon distance, 26.2 miles, and then there are distances beyond that. And there are a lot of distances well beyond that. I mean, there are some folks out there running insane distances, and that falls into a broad category called ultra running. That's anything past the marathon distance. So I started to get into that a little bit and uh, run some longer races. I'm getting ready for even lo- some uh, even longer races uh, next year, so I'm running a lot. And one thing I've learned is that uh, it's really easy to find the motivation to sign up for a race. And when you're talking about uh, a 50-kilometer race, I've run two of those in the last few months. A 50-kilometer race, it's 31-ish miles. Uh, that will take you know, me, (laughs) uh, about six hours, depending on the terrain, depending on, you know, the elevation change and all that, about six hours. And and it's easy to get motivated because you see the video and there's music behind the video and you see the people taking off and then the finish line and all of the fun that they're having. And it's amazing. And it's going to be incredible, super motivated. But when you're actually running the race, the motivation that got you into the race 
quickly goes away. Now you form up at the starting line and there are a lot of people there. It's early in the morning. You've been planning for this and training for this and getting ready for this. And in your mind, it's going to be amazing and it's going to be your best time ever. And it's not going to hurt that bad because you've been training and all of these people are excited. And then the buzzer goes off and you all start running and it's exciting. And about, at least for me, a mile into it, I start going, what in the world am I doing? Why did I start this race? Why did I decide this was a good idea? Why did I determine this is what I wanted to do with my Saturday? Why? And you run. And then the sun comes up and it gets hot. Or the sun stays down and it starts to rain and it gets very uncomfortable. The terrain is a little more up and down than you thought it would be. The last race that I run, uh, ran, uh, I, I saw the terrain map, but it just didn't register in my mind that there was a section that was literally two miles uphill. <laughs> that sounds like one of those stories you tell your grandkids. It, literally, though, a two-mile section uphill toward the end of the race, so after running for a few hours, you just don't realize it. You don't put it all together, and these obstacles start to come your way. Uh, something happens perhaps with a muscle that strains in a way you didn't expect. Maybe your food is not uh, going down or digesting the way that you would like for it to. You find yourself uncomfortable. You find yourself in a situation that you just didn't expect. At one point in this last race, it got very hot, and I went through an aid station where I could have gotten water, wanted to get through it quick, so I didn't stop and get water, which meant, because I didn't plan well, that I got halfway between that aid station and the next one and ran out of water. And it was getting hotter, and I started to get worried. (laughs) I started to worry about dropping out. I started to worry about all of the things you could worry about at a moment like that one. And I had to fall back to this. All I know for sure is that somewhere out there is the goal, the thing I came to do to accomplish. And the only way to get there is by putting one foot in front of the other, by following the path in front of me. I ran out of water. That wasn't good. This is an obstacle I didn't expect. This is halfway through the race. It's hot. Uh, Things are not the way that I envisioned them. But I do have some food and some fuel that can help me moving. I, I planned on that. In my mind, I knew there was a pace that I was going to keep, and I could focus on that by looking at my watch and keeping that pace. There were some things that came up and some things that were a little bit scary to me in that moment. But what I could do was focus on the process. Continue doing the thing I said I was going to do. What happens, though, is we get so wrapped up in the goal or pushed into something because we were motivated to do it that when life gets difficult, when circumstances change, when the emotion and the feeling, the excitement of the moment goes away, we look around and go, what do we do now? That's an example that may or may not apply to you. But in real life, I would imagine you know exactly what I'm talking about. And here's the thing. The process is what keeps you moving forward when nothing else makes sense. Or when fear begins to creep up. When uncertainty is all you can see on the horizon. Focus 
Not on the problem, not on the fear, not on the uncertainty, not even on the pain. Focus on the process. So we step back and we say, all right, well, what does this look like? Remember, the name of this show is March or Die. I've explained this many, many times, but dying is not necessarily physical. Dying for many is just giving up. Physically alive, yet spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. (laughs) I just can't do this anymore. Marching on the opposite end of that is that continued forward movement. So in real life, what does this look like? I'm going to focus on the process. What exactly does that mean? Well, it means that you accept that somewhere along the path, difficulties and trials will arise. We have to be ready for that. We may not know what they are, but we have to be ready for that. Don't be knocked off course because things changed. You're still moving. I'll give you a simple example, and this is one, again, that may or may not apply to you, but it it makes sense to me. You get an education so that you can get a job, and you get that job. You start working at that job, perhaps some problems arise within the company, not with you specifically, but within the company, and so you get laid off, you lose that job. You say, well, how do I depend on or focus on the process? We sometimes think that there's a goal that we can achieve. In this case, I wanted to get the job. That was the goal. And then I lost the job. So now what do I do? Hopefully you don't work just so that you have something to do. Most of us get an education and get a job so that we can provide for ourselves and for our families so that our income is enough to support our outgo. (laughs) We can feed ourselves and our family. We can house ourselves and our family. Uh, We can begin to build for the future and plan for what's ahead. The process involves getting a job. But the goal is to provide for those that God puts in our world. Whether that's us our family, our extended family. We can support other causes and other things. The goal is not the job. The job is simply part of the process. So you get that job after getting the education and you find yourself in a job maybe even that you like, but because of some circumstance outside of your control, an obstacle interjects. There's a loss of that job and therefore a loss of that income. Focus on The process. The goal was having a job that could provide for your family. The goal ultimately was not even having a job, but it was providing for the family. So you stay focused on the process, the process of doing what needs to be done to provide for yourself and your family. I've talked to so many folks who lose jobs that they loved, and it knocked them on their backside. And they were almost paralyzed for a period of time saying, what should I do? Well, what you should do is get up and take the next step forward and start knocking on doors and sending out resumes and making phone calls. Now your full-time job 
is getting the next job that will allow you to do the thing you actually set out to do, which is providing for yourself and your family. You're focused not on the job, not on what was lost, but the process. Focus on the process. In a relationship, we might look at something similar and we have the motivation to enter into a relationship. We'll talk about a marriage relationship, many kinds of relationships, of course, but a marriage relationship. We meet someone, we like them, there's a lot of emotion involved, we get to know them, and now that emotion turns uh, into something else, there's a, a like and a respect and ultimately a love. You make the decision to spend your life with that person, and in the process of building that life, something happens. The relationship is not all that you wanted it to be or thought that it would be, and things begin to go sideways. Focus on the process. In a relationship, and as a Christian, there is a right way to do the relationship. (laughs) Now, you hope that both people in the relationship are doing it the right way. That's what makes a great relationship. But what you can control is what you're doing. Are you pursuing God's will for your life? Are you spending time in His Word, learning what He wants you to do? Spending time in prayer, asking for Him to guide and direct you? Are you out of a heart that says, I'm not expecting anything in return, demonstrating that unconditional love we find in Christ that we are to demonstrate toward the one we are married to? Are you focused on the process? You say, well, I focused on the process and the relationship was lost. The goal in a Christian marriage is to have a relationship that points back to our Savior, to Christ. Ephesians chapter 5 talks about the marriage relationship as being a picture of God's relationship to us, to believers. So the goal is not that relationship, the goal is to live in a way that gives glory to God. You can continue to do that even when the other person in that relationship decides they don't want to. Perhaps there are problems and friction points and conflict and you can get help. Focus on that process of getting help. But ultimately what you can do is focus on being the person you are supposed to be, doing what you are supposed to do, following, focusing on, the process. So many other examples that I could give, but I think we struggle in ways that we don't need to struggle because we're focused on things that we have zero control over. As human beings, and I realize this is not something that everyone listening would necessarily agree to, But we have to understand the ultimate goal here on earth. I've talked about this so many times in so many other places. The ultimate goal is to live a life that gives glory or honor to our Heavenly Father, God. He created us. He has a plan for us. He's gifted us in specific ways. And we should live in ways that would, if I can use an earthly term, make our Father proud. You see, that's the goal. Now, we may not realize that even until uh, we're off this earth, (laughs) until we're dead and gone. 
But that's the goal out there. So when we talk about following a process or focusing on the process, it's the process of living in a way that allows us to do that. That's taking care of myself and my family. It's providing for others. It's supporting those causes that are important. It's living in a relationship in a way that would reflect well on our Heavenly Father. It has nothing to do with the external issues that all of us must face. Now, I know some face extreme trauma. I've talked about this again many times. And we need to get help for that. And we need to find counselors and folks who can help us work through those things, of course. But we can't allow anything in our life to prevent us from moving forward. And one of the ways that we deal with the obstacles, <laughs> those enemies, those things that would prevent us from moving forward, is by refusing to quit. Instead of focusing on what we can't control, focusing on the process or the path in front of us, you take the next step. Stay committed to being who you were created to be, to doing what you were created to do, to living in a way that brings honor to God. Now, difficulty will come and trials will come and hurt will come, no question. That's life. Unfortunately, it's life. Perhaps you need to grieve. Perhaps you need to step back and get some help. Ask a friend or a counselor to get you back uh, to a place where you're focused right. But when those times come, the way you continue to move forward, putting one foot in front of the other, is by taking your eyes off of everything that's out here and putting it on the process in front of you. What's next? What should I and what can I be doing right now? I'm going to do that. This is not complicated and it's certainly not deep. But perhaps it will give us the right perspective to keep moving when it would be easier to stay where we are and quit. Don't give up. Put one foot in front of the other and keep moving forward. Because at the end of the day, we only have two choices. Life is what it is. It will bring what it brings. <laughs> it will be overwhelming at times. But at the end of the day, we only have two choices. You only have two choices. Will you march? Or will you stay where you are and die? The only two choices we have. But thankfully, <laughs> the direction we choose to march or die is always ours. Choose to march. Follow the process. And live the life you 
were created to live. Thank you. Talk to you next time. This, this is my skyship dreamer. My cargo is stories, and our destination, dreams. With Abide Sleep Stories for Kids, you can help your children fall asleep fast and learn about God. To find these kids' bedtime stories, go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Abide Stories for Kids. You can also download the Abide app for more biblical meditations at abide.com.